something. I want to talk to my parents and um, to someone that's close to me now. And um, yeah, see yeah, my, quite a my lot of that primary, kind of... yeah, primary school reports. I've had fun with us recently and reading all of those. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always the same. Until like the last, the last written report is fifth grade, I think. But uh, until twelve, teachers always said the same thing: like, "Hey, you, you, you do so well when you're interested, but when you're not, you <laughs> seem so far away." It's like, yeah, I know. And the last time a teacher said that, she was very worried that it was her teaching, and that was really cute because she was a really good teacher. And I had to tell her, "No, I'm sorry, you're a really good teacher. I just." The harder I try to concentrate, the further I float away. <laughs> I love that phrasing. Yeah, that's, that's just how it is. When I'm not interested, I can try and try and try. And it's just a mind yeah, I wondering. I hadn't even made that connection, but yeah, I think that it, it's that kind of like, I'm, you know, focusing and focusing and focusing and focusing and focusing and yeah. what am I focusing on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was yeah, was I, I supposed to listen to something? Maybe. <laughs> I think I was, but what what was it? Did someone ask something? <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bit too familiar, I think. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's. It's just going to need to be renamed Makeritis. I think it's. it's yeah. <laughs> I, I've said it many times. I would love to see somebody do a study on yeah. kind of the percentage of people in the maker community with ADHD or being on the autistic spectrum versus any kind of neurodivergence being, or any type of neurodivergence. Yeah. Yes, not just those. Yeah, but, yeah. I think those are probably two of the more prominent ones. But compare that then to kind of you. Know, Average, normal, uh, <laughs> in the other people, but the non-maker community, yes. Yeah, non-maker community. It would yeah, be interesting well, to, maybe... to be able to do that kind of study against, like, um, you know, kind of the medical profession and then the makers and then, you know, kind of athletes and, you know, th those kind of pockets to, you know, yeah. not specifically those, but. Yeah, different groups, cool. just to put different groups. Um, next to each other. Yeah, definitely. I suppose because yeah, I, I, a lot of us folks are, are quite nerdy and and you know kind of probably were you know bullied by some of the athletes. It'd be it'd be nice to you know kind of get a comparison and go, okay, well, not many of you in Europe are divergent, but we are. So you know, uh, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, I've been always. I don't think there ever will be like a class meeting of mine because yeah. it's just. I don't think it will happen, but I was always kind of curious to see all the people and and see where they are or where they stayed and where I have gotten and they didn't something which yeah obviously it doesn't sound very friendly, but also there were a lot of people who weren't very friendly to me, so um that would be interesting just to see. But I don't yeah. think that will happen. <laughs> yeah, this I, I'm I'm still in contact with a few people 
that I was in school with, but there's a lot of people I was in school with that I would not want to get in contact with. There's a yeah. few that I would like to. There are a few people that kind of, you know, I was, I was friends with, but, you know, just drifted apart. And I've, I've tried looking for them on things like Facebook, but yeah, they're not there. But, you know, yeah, the majority, no, I'm, I'm not interested in to be honest yeah yeah some yeah. of them were hor absolutely horrible um mm. and yeah. yeah it's yeah i just i just don't want to go there with that i it, there's a there is that kind of morbid curiosity of yeah you know, sort of going yeah well just how useless is your life being yeah but, exactly I, I was talking about that a few years back with my mom because our 10 year meeting would have been in 2020 which and obviously if it if anyone had thought about that that obviously didn't happen but um i just was just thinking about that and talking to her and she said that that my train of thought was super yeah unfriendly and maybe even rude that i was thinking to to want to see that they were stuck where they where where i had left them basically and i had made my way but that's just, they, they all, not all of them, but a lot of them just made my life so hard that I even considered changing schools and mm. like almost at the end of my uh, regular school time, because I, I went to school that only um, went until 10th grade, so until I was 16, um, mm -hmm. like the basic uh, schooling. And I considered at the end of ninth grade to change schools just for the last year, but then didn't because the two options weren't better than the one I had. Um, and I thought, yeah, That's well, for that year, that just, I can put it out, kind of. Yeah, just kind of um, grin and bear it and work through, yeah. yeah. And knowing that I would start, like, start a school after that, that I had chosen and that everyone who was there had chosen because I, um, the school I went after that was basically my tailors and fashion design training, like the first one, two years full-time school apprenticeship, basically, plus uh, school, like uh, the, the, uh, well, the sort of the college aspect of it. Yeah. Um, the degree you need to study. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's, yeah. That's, there's a lot of merit in in that switch between kind of a schooling that everyone just has to go to and yeah. then a, a school that people actively want to be at that's totally you know, i found the same with with shifting between kind of normal school and then going to college to study what i wanted to study yeah um the, the people that you were with they're like actively engaged and interested in the subjects and things like that rather than just being generally disruptive or yeah you know, it made it made a world of difference yeah and for the fashion school you had to apply you had to do um yeah hand in work beforehand and then do a test and so everyone was really invested in doing that so even though we didn't all become good friends there. We all got along and everyone was there for the same purpose, almost like there were almost yeah. a few who didn't take it as seriously. And but, but, I mean, they're, they're everywhere, I think. Yes, yes definitely. 
very much so. Yeah, I think I, it, yeah. it's strange. It, there's a saying in in Britain of that yeah, you know, some people use that kind of yeah, you know, school days were, were the best days. And it's just like I think back, <laughs> and it's just like no. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's an element of when you're in school, you don't have to worry about the things that adults have to worry about, like paying no. bills and you know doing the the washing perhaps or you know fixing the car or whatever you know there, there aren't those kind of you know, the the worrying things about being an adult you know. pressures of adulthood the pressures yes yeah. but yeah I, I i hated i i loved learning stuff yeah i, I really loved learning stuff mostly there were a few subjects <laughs> i wasn't so fussed on um <laughs> But yeah, I, I like yeah, cause I just I just absorbed knowledge, particularly kind of yeah, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. I was just kind of mm. sucking knowledge in you know, on anything, and but yeah. it yeah, generally socially, the majority of my school days were pretty horrible. Um, yeah, it's the same for me. Same, yeah. Yeah, I've got, I, I literally still have the scars. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking emotional ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my knees yeah. can tell stories, <laughs> mostly because I'm very clumsy and stumble over things that no one else can see. But um, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, not so much anymore. But when I was small, I cared. Just fell and fell and yeah. <laughs> Lots of random bruises appearing out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and scars on my knees that can start can tell stories. But I also always loved climbing and like running around and playing in the woods and at the like I live I grew up at the at the edge of of a forest and there was a like not a river but like a small river and we played on the edge of that and in the river and in the woods and on the meadows and that, that was really nice oh, so. that sounds like a really beautiful way to spend your youth yeah yeah except that pretty near there's the the Stuttgart airport so we always had the, <laughs> the, the airplanes coming in and out directly <laughs> over our house and the autobahn next but apart from that when the wind was right we didn't hear it <laughs> it's still the case like when, the, when the wind is in the, going in the right direction the, the, the cars you can't, you can't hear anything <laughs> yeah I can imagine there's like over here it's you know the the, the, the speed limits are not going to say sensible probably, probably similar to the limited areas in on the other ones but can imagine that there's still the occasional kind of um extra loud extra fast car that you know that, that we yeah. don't get over here yeah you know, well, so especially you, you like the point of tuning things out but especially in an area like stuttgart where there's like the, the big car companies um, yeah of course yeah mercedes and porsche and so on <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to live near to a, a sort of a motorway. We, when we were looking at houses, uh, when we moved down to Kent, the the town where I had a job, and we looked at a variety of the 
areas in that town. And there were a few things we didn't like. Yeah, there were one part, or several parts actually, which were quieter. Everyone had access to your back garden. There was this strange thing where people could, to get access to their back garden, they walked across the back of your house rather than kind of a lane at the back, which we'd come from when we were in the previous town. But there was a couple of parts which were, were didn't have that issue, but they were really close to the motorway. There's there's the M20 motorway, which leads from sort of Dover, Folkestone, up to London, the M25, um, goes through the centre of the town. And all we could hear when we were kind of in the, particularly in the gardens, more so than obviously inside the house, you just hear this constant drone of the motorway. It's a busy motorway. There's a lot of traffic, you know, going down to the ferry ports, going down to the, mm. the channel tunnel, and it's just constant traffic, night and day. And yeah. it's like, in the winter, you're in the house, the windows are closed, not a problem. But in the summer, you want to sit out in the garden and have a barbecue, or you want to have your windows open in the summer at night, like just getting that constant drone and it, yeah. we were we were moving from a city which we weren't we were near a main road in the city you know, literally one kind of road over and so there was sort of traffic noise all the time but it was much lower level and not as constant and it was just like no we're not we're not we're not moving the, we'll we'll have a look at the villages and we ended up living <laughs> we live in a village and it's really quite quiet most of the time Sunday mornings, yeah. the motorbikers kind of create quite a lot of noise sometimes. <laughs> People who look like a lot like me, generally. Uh, hard to tell because they're generally wearing leather and helmets. <laughs> but possibly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird yeah. with, with things like that that you, you very quickly sort of tune a lot of that out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I used to have a, a it was a, a train track, but for freight, um, probably fifteen meters away from my bedroom window, and you'd, you'd get like a you know kind of one hundred and fifty, two hundred meter long freight train would kind of come chuntering past your window, you know, a few times a day, and you just kind of you just sort of get used to that kind of thing of like oh, I'll just turn the turn the TV up a little bit more, or you know. <laughs> It just kind of yeah. becomes part of part of life, part of the background noise. My last flat and uh, here in Hamburg, I lived on the like main mainland Hamburg. Um, I lived right right behind the uh, main station, so there were always those trains coming in and out, the, the long distance trains, the, the regional trains, the freight trains, everything. And on the other side, there was a big main road, so that was. That was and also also that like the the um parts of cities near near main stations are always super interesting with junkies and all that. Um mm -hmm. and then then that's a part of town where there are like a lot of young people and like shared flats and a lot of parties and all of that. So that that was an interesting four years. And then um when I moved here uh, one and a half years ago, and now I live alone, and there's still some noise because there's more, like more food people on foot than bars and 
background yeah. all that but it's super different but i basically live in the middle of the harbor so you have those sounds and sometimes like you you hear like very low frequency motors of uh, of the big of uh, course yeah. Straight ships. yeah and then the the big uh, the cruise ships that um uh start here near or like get repaired and all of that so mm. yeah but it's it's interesting in in a lot of parts of the city because you have interesting like industry in different parts there's always different smells like there was one area where where there was a big brewery so you had that and in another part of town there's there's a yeast factory where there's where they produce yeast and then nestle with chocolate and vanilla so when that mixes that's very interesting yeah. <laughs> and not too far away from here there's a factory that makes artificial flavorings so depending on what they produce it <laughs> it smells interesting so yeah, that's always that. something that's like where you can see where you are in the city so <laughs> Anyone with kind of sensory issues, you know, if, if you've, you know, visual impairment, you can follow your way around by your nose or, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's also interesting when you know someone who can't smell. Like, um, my friend Roxy, who you met, Jamie, yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their partner, their partner can't smell, and that's always super interesting. Um, like when you have candies that have different colors something yeah, yellow must be yeah. lemon or something red must be berry but because her her sense of taste isn't obviously also not that good because mm. she can smell that's always it, it can be funny yeah because it my my brother is in osmic as well um and his his sense of taste is is completely gone so he has this a similar kind of thing of uh you know if he goes and has a meal, he's he can only kind of rate the meal on the the texture of the food, not the oh, not no. the flavors, because there's, <laughs> there's just no chance of any flavor. Oh, well, yeah, I think Joe Joe has some sense of taste, but not not a lot. She doesn't know if she had some sense of smell at some point, mm. or and why why it went away. But yeah, must have been it's, when she was very little. It's a very weird thing because because mine kind of comes and goes, yeah. um, and I had some treatment recently that kind of uh, fixes things temporarily, and I, I have like sort of a month or six weeks where I can really really smell and taste everything, and then it kind of just dulls off over time, and it is uh, like a, a when I go through those treatment cycles, it, it's it's fantastic to then taste things that normal people taste. And then it just all goes back to kind of beige after a couple of months. Oh, no. <laughs> like strong flavors, you know, really strong cheese or strong coffee or things like that. Uh, you know, the kind of things that I gravitate towards because I can, I can, I know I can taste them. You know, I was, I I was going to ask going things like, like what were things like spicy food? Mm. I, I really love, you know, hot curries and, and spicy chilies and things like that. Um, for that kind of intensity of, of flavor, and then, yeah, you're picking something minute, everything just kind of becomes this 
bland mush with a with a slight hints of things that are you know strong. I would hate to lose, but I think if I had to lose a sense, I'd be far happier to lose smell or taste than yeah. hearing or sight. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, I, my hearing, I know, is damaged. My hearing is, is I don't know if it's on borrowed time. But it's certainly damaged. But I think I, I, I'm going to have auditory processing issues, mm. which possibly related to possible ADHD. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I like my food too much. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to keep eating more of it until I get the right flavors come through. That's, that's my excuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I can not say anything. I mean, yeah, you could you could think that you like the texture. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, like I say, some you know, I, when I had uh, the the big kind of, I had this like quite intense. I think it's about three months worth of uh, of treatment to kind of kick it all off. And then it's all like maintenance doses every every sort of couple of times a year now. But um, it had been really bad for for a long time, and then I had this like three months of of like full assault kind of treatment. And I just wanted to to eat or at least taste everything after that point because the, the, the like moments of like I, I I haven't tasted this. It came out like after all of my sensory issues. <laughs> It's like I've, I've eaten these, but I've never tasted them properly. <laughs> yeah, everything was exciting for a few months. And then trying everything again. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I haven't had one of these for years. Do I still dislike them? No. Oh, I can taste it properly now. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's always interesting when people um, can't taste when they have a cold because of the blocked nose, because I have like a chronic. Um, I don't know the name, but same, yeah. same, yeah. It's always blocked, like mostly always. So I've learned to to taste with a with a blocked nose, basically. <laughs> and then um, then when I when I had COVID in December, I wasn't sure whether I was losing my sense of smell uh, and sense of taste or not. <laughs> whether that was just what I was experiencing or um, imagining things. <laughs> Um, because that was just all um, so weird and some some people I know lost their sense of smell and taste and some didn't and I just didn't know <laughs> it was a bit well, it, weird it, it sounds like we, we've got that very similar kind of yeah. uh, just beige mush kind of tech, you know, taste or profile <laughs> it, yeah. I mean it's, it's oh. fascinating how COVID is doing that I had yeah. I had it uh oh, it'll be about five, five, six weeks ago now. And yeah. people people watching may have noticed that I've I've gone to drinking squash now rather than water. Um I've I've gone off the, I've gone off I've gone off the taste of water. And I know water's not supposed to have any sort of taste. People say it's tasteless, but it, I, it does. I, I don't 
like drinking water anymore. I, I like drinking squat, and I drink, used to drink you know, plenty of water, yeah, a few pints a day. But I just, I might try weaning myself off the squash again, just to sort of try it. Just sort of, I mean, I, yeah, it's just, I, mean, I, I was I had a bit of a trip out uh, Friday night into yesterday, and I took a couple of bottles of water with me rather than squash. But I had to, I should drink that much of it, to be honest. Um, but I should probably try it, try again to see whether it's recovered or not, because I'm quite enjoying the squash, to be honest. But yeah, it's full of, <laughs> it's, it's full of stuff I probably shouldn't be drinking. Not not the amount I do drink. You know, it's like two or three pints a day. Yeah, um, it'd be fine. Yeah, just it's, just damage damage is already done. Yeah, there's uh, comedian John Richardson was talking about some. You've got to alternate um, the squash. So if you you know, if, if you if you get purple, then your next one's got to be orange, and then back to purple. Because <laughs> he's made that mistake before, where he's really enjoyed, you know, like a, a summer fruits. He's finished the bottle, and then he's gone. And, I, I really enjoyed that, and bought the second bottle, and then regretted it, and had to go and buy an orange one just to kind of infill. Got <laughs> to mix and match, alternate them. But that that can be a thing with with any any kind of favorite thing. Like I, I'm, I, my my eating habits are very repetitive, and um, I have always like one favorite spread for my bread, and then at some point I, I noticed that I didn't like it anymore, and that was like a bad moment. That was a really bad <laughs> moment because that <laughs> just had been my favorite for so long, and then then it got got a little bit worse, and I thought maybe they changed something in production, which which might have been the case, but then at some point I just didn't like it at all and then I, I had to find something new and that's hard <laughs> have you since gone back and retried it after being no. on something else for a while <gasps> no well you got you can't just say spread you've got you've got to tell us what it did what's what's what, what spread was it um there was there are a lot of vegetarian um like spreads um and that one was from Aldi's and it was like um a, a mustard agave like mustard honey but um Ooh. vegan and it was really nice for a mm. while like and then it changed <laughs> maybe both like both the production okay. and my taste and i'll try it <laughs> again sometimes but <laughs> but right now i have have a few things that i can change it up enough <laughs> so um tolerate the same okay. food for for a while and then swap again yeah <laughs> also because i have like the 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 repetitive eating but also i have a lot of food sensitivity and uh, mm. and like uh, texture and stuff like there's some things that i can't eat because of the texture or because of the taste and some that i can't eat because i can't digest them so <laughs> that's always a bit complicated yeah to, um, yeah we, andy and i both share very similar yeah i've <laughs> heard from a lot of people that they have one or yeah. the other um, problems it's it so always for sure. stressful like when eating out and that's always something for like when going to events like also like make a central or something else when when there's potentially some getting food in a group and then going somewhere and everyone has their own 
difficulties and then I, I can't ha I can't eat onions. That's always a problem when eating out because everything yeah. has onions and like yeah. the slightest bit is a problem. And especially when I'm not at home, that's not too nice. It's just a layer of stress that doesn't need to happen. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. That, that was actually one of the things that was, was really, really lovely at Maker Central last year because we had a um, load of sort of friends of ours who were all coming there that um, had various, uh, you know, food problems, whether it was gluten intolerance or lactose intolerance or, you know, kind of other, other dietary requirements. And so many people brought uh, various, like, snacks and things and would quite often... You know, like uh, Andy, being uh, kind of wheat intolerant, brought some some special uh, Welsh cakes that he'd made for the other folks who were also wheat intolerant, mm. and you know things like that. So it, there's a lot of that kind of like um, shared camaraderie, and you know, when it comes to the food, especially with the makers, you know, because we've all yeah. kind of found our own way of. You know, it's like, oh, there's this particular dish that I like, but it, it usually has this in it and I can't have those. So I'll, I'll find a, a, a recipe that I like that works for that. And then, yeah. Oh, you, you must try these as well. And, you know, there's a lot of that kind of uh, shared love for that kind of uh, make a challenge, I suppose. Yeah. And also a lot of understanding. If there's a lot of people who have yeah. difficulties. Well, that's Absolutely. Good to know that. Whatever it is, even if the person doesn't person another person doesn't personally understand it, but they have an understanding, a basic, basic understanding for whatever difficulties you come come with. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, th I think we're we're a very uh, a very accommodating and understanding yeah. group on the whole. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's a, a valid thing to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, discovering all of that always that made had have no has made me wonder why I didn't like try to make more contact with more people earlier. But I think it probably was also good because it was just the right time for me now. And yeah, earlier it wasn't. <laughs> That's exactly it. Is it's you know it, it it's it's happened now and you you stuck with us all now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, you like it or not. Really, yeah. Yeah, well I, I do like it but it's, it's really it's super super rare to for me to just feel comfortable in a group of people instantly and that just happened there in Hanover that was just yeah oh, yeah I, I I was exactly the same I, I think uh Rasmus shared the same thing you know being yeah. uh being two foreigners there as well you know yeah just the fact that you know, we had obviously making as a as a shared hobby, but you know, separated by by language, but still entirely just welcomed and comfortable in the mix, and everyone's kind of yeah, it was uh, that's it, super valid to just be yeah, super comfortable. Yeah, that's good. We were saying before about. Uh, that specifically that that kind of meeting of of uh you know you and ellen talking through um the the jacket that you've made and yeah. us kind of being quite baffled at the fact that <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a bought jacket you know 
yeah. And uh, the, the the stuff that you make, because uh, you you said before about being professionally trained in you know in, in that kind of thing, um, the 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 bags that you make are just super cool, really really awesome bits of kit, you know. Um, I'm hoping to uh, have a custom one at some point from you because they yeah. are just very cool. Yeah. I'll be glad to make one to you. Yeah, it's, be awesome. I always I always love working with people that I know because that's always something special. Because you can can like I said earlier, the friend who has the, the super special wishes, he has quite a lot of bags, bags of mine now. I think the first mm -hmm. I made for him was a birthday gift and it was a special knitting bag for his, because he um, travels a lot by train. And at the time he was doing his PhD in Newcastle. So there was, a, he always, when he came to Germany, he took the train. So there was a lot of train riding and he mm -hmm. knits a lot. So he wanted to have a bag where he could put all his knitting stuff in and then have a place to for the yarn to go through. He wanted to be able to put the bag on oh, the train seat. To knit or, straight from the bag. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's and cool. For the knitting needles and for like all around the bag, there's um, compartments for the for like small zipper, uh, small um, scissors and the tape and what all the small things you need. <laughs> and that um, he was talking about it a lot. And then I made this for his 30th birthday and he was just over the moon for it. And since then he had, he has ordered a few bags and has always a thousand special wishes. And I have always <laughs> to. <laughs> John, we can't, we can't put all of these features in this small bag. It's just not possible. <laughs> I'll, I'll do a few for you. The holder for the knitting needles and, <laughs> and can't, it's always can't fold space. It can only contain yeah, so many things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would if I could, but it's just <laughs> not possible. <laughs> um, we'll have to make the bag bigger, but I that, but I want it like this. <laughs> yeah, that's always really fun. Um, but I, yeah, I started like one of the first things I. I sold on my own was a bag when I was 11 or 12 or something and I nice. used it for quite a long time and I have to have I don't know if it still exists but I need to need to look when I'm at my parents if it's still there because that that's an artifact kind of <laughs> and <laughs> at the, the start beginning, of your journey yeah and at the beginning of my training like when I started this fashion school, the first fashion school, I was sewing a bag and then someone someone said to me, You I'm sure you will be making bags professionally in a few years. I was now I just I want to I want to learn how to make clothing now. So that that was important and then here I am um more than ten years later and I'm like, hmm <laughs> this person <laughs> had a point. <laughs> um yeah. What makers love bags. That is, that is yeah, something we all. Yeah, I've, I've loved bags forever, uh, like clothing too. But when even from when I was really little, bags mm -hmm. were always a thing <laughs> to put all my little treasures in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, bags, bags are cool. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, my wife couldn't believe how many 
rucksacks I had when we got, oh, yeah. <laughs> got married and got together. Just like, yeah, she's like, I had, I had more rucksacks than she had handbags and shoes put together. <laughs> Funny I mean, she's that. she's not. I mean, she's not big into you know, shoes and handbags, particularly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just had loads and yeah, and pouches and yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, bum bags as we call them in the UK and and yeah, yeah, all those kind of sort of just a variety of different. I've got I've got far fewer now than I had then because I, I don't do the outdoor stuff that I used to. Yeah, but I've still got I've still got quite a few. I, I still, I have I it making a bag would be a, a cool thing to do. It's something I'd like to do myself. Mm. Yeah, I've yeah. seen like yeah Adam Savage's EDC bags and um, Tom Sachs's bags. Yeah, and looking at how they're sort of made and think, yeah, actually, yeah, I could I could make something like that. I could, I'd like to do something yeah. like that. So there's features of them. You think that's a nice feature, but there's other bits you think. I don't like that feature quite so much <laughs> and yeah using the interesting materials they use you know like dyneema and it's kind of like yeah that, that could be cool but it yeah it, it could be just another rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> and i've just i've just fallen down another one so yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's just Definitely staying on the that's just staying <laughs> on the list of other rabbit holes to explore at some other time I think. <laughs> yeah that's I've just had to keep myself from falling into the leather working uh, leather <laughs> um, I think it yeah. probably will come at some point. <laughs> so, but but until now, uh, until then, like I'll keep it where I'm at. Well, I mean, Maybe if nothing else, you, you, you you're going to have to come and make a bracelet at, at um, yeah. make with Maker's Booth at uh, Maker's Central. Yeah, Alan had already said that that would be. The option to make something with leather. <laughs> yeah, I, I made I made a case for my engraving needle thing because I had um, hurt myself on it. Because it's, it's just a massive piece of steel that's very pointy and heavy. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that just needed something secure. <laughs> and I had this piece of leather that I had, I don't even know where I bought it. I bought it because I wanted to make a case for a knife a few years back and that's what was left over. And so I had the very, very, very basic tools for that. And I think for that, it turned out pretty good. And then I started researching what, what I might need to add to the tool collection to, to, to be able to make it a little bit better the next time. And then, then I just had to keep myself from looking into that more because I needed to take care of my workshop. Um, which, because the bag making thing is actually a business, um, was more important. But also, you could integrate leather leather parts to the bag. And yeah, like you know, it's it's only yeah. a matter of time, Leo. Theoretically, I could, but that's actually that's a bit of a thing because when I when I um, that's an it's an official business, and um, I have I have like a, a hmm. <laughs> all the german things because i'm a tailor officially i have to be part of the um i don't know the trade like a registered thing. profession kind of yeah reg yeah trade registration. yeah yeah trade registration but also with the it's handwerkskammer it's called basically that keeps all the all the trade 
um, like the, the tailors and the, the woodworkers and all of that. And they, I, I, when I applied for that, I had to, someone called me and was asking, well, you make bags, but, but do you work with leather or no, no, I make bags out of fabric. And that was very important because of the leather working, um, you course, need another yeah. kind of, um, uh, that's all very official, like the official, um, it's like, it's like, it's like the guilds of old. It's almost, yeah, 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 exactly. The, the guilds. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I'm, I'm officially a one person tailor. <laughs> Core. yeah so so that so i'm guessing if you wanted to therefore incorporate leather that would become quite a maybe an obstacle to to do yeah to yeah do that. It might rather than I, just kind of going I, oh, I fancy doing leather now i'll do some leather yeah if it would only be small things then i didn't advertise it and that probably wouldn't be a problem but if i wanted to make something like produce a series of things and sell them that probably mm. would be difficult mm. so i have to be a bit uh yeah I have to careful see good what old I do. german yeah. bureaucracy exactly. i don't know <laughs> yeah red tape but, um, but i mean i i i would just like to be able to to just make cases for my tools and it doesn't need to be a part of my business it no, can be just something course, that yeah. i do for me and for a gift and that's yeah and it, that's that's kind of what i've toyed with a little bit because I, I dabble in a bit of leather work and i, I tend to i tend to it's the same thing i i, I do it for me so i i enjoy the process of it but not as a thing for production as such. It's just that kind of, it's, it's that little escape from everything else then. Yeah. yeah. Selfish kind of selfish fun. Yeah. Also, I think for me, it's interesting because the material behaves so differently to fabrics. Mm. which already have a very wide range of textures from very slippery and loose to very rigid and um but leather yeah of course something like a, a, a waxed, yeah like a, a waxed canvas is probably going to behave a little bit more like leather would or a little bit more like yeah, some leather would yeah yeah i suppose yeah if you've got something like a super light nylon or something it's not going to be it's just going to kind of almost disintegrate isn't it if you if you look at it wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I remember in in my in the school in my first fashion school like the last year we always did um fashion shows like the the school mm -hmm. fashion show once a year and um i don't remember which grade organized it but like the the final Final show, practically, and the dress I made had a silk. Um, what was it? It wasn't a chiffon. It was something like a very translucent, very very slippery, um, loose weave silk that was also a very narrow 
um, fabric with. So I mm -hmm. had, I think, four meters for the skirt or something because only one panel of the skirt pattern would fit, fit on the width of, of the fabric. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I worked with a very large like uh, array of fabrics because at work I have all the, at my day job work, thing, I have everything from very slippery silks to uh, to teddy uh, teddy fabrics that look like this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and at my uh, at my business, I worked with a lot of technical um, technical textiles that were mm -hmm. originally probably meant for not necessarily for bags. <laughs> um, so that's like everything <laughs> that's really cool and i have i have uh i have a whole paraglider to work with that's really cool I haven't oh wow yet. i mean that that that's yeah. gonna be very slippy and yeah well i'm very I'm strong very to, thin yeah, yeah i'm used to that kind of fabric because i've bought that new mm -hmm. um um and i've recently i've made a little drawstring pouch out of that fabric and uh, send it to Lucas because I made the socks for the fraggle. Um, but um, <laughs> this this paraglider, um, the place I had my workshop before now, it, it, that's a big workshop co-op and it still exists, but we all had to move out. It's, it's a whole different story. But um, my neighbor there uh, someday came to me and asked me, hey, maybe, would you maybe like to have a paraglider? I've, it has been lying around for 25 years because you, you're only allowed to use them for a certain amount of time and then you yeah you can't use them anymore and he, he was basically only holding on to it out of nostalgia and then um, he asked me if I wanted to have it and then when I took it apart he wanted to have the, the strings the lines and some mm -hmm. um, maybe a little bit of the fabric and I think when I take it apart eventually I'll and make a little bag for him out of his old um, paraglider oh, as a, a as a memory as a memory. Yeah, that's but a yeah. wonderful thought. That'd be really cool. That's cool. It's, yeah. so, Go on. it's so much fabric and so much material, and then the the backpack <laughs> is packed in, and then there's the rescue parachute that's very silky. That's also interesting, and then the um, the webbing of the Harness, the harness. Yep. That's harness, also, yeah. and the whole thing is pink and white, and the the bag is pink, and the the webbing of the harness is purple and black, and nice. this wavy kind of wavy pattern, and this the colors is just it's just wonderful. <laughs> is it uh, nylon webbing or is it uh, cotton? Yeah, no, it's nylon. That's cool. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And then like carabiners on there have, haven't haven't completely looked through all of it because I need the space to um, roll it out. <laughs> yeah, of course. Probably, probably a lot of sand and, and leaves and all of that in there. Um, <laughs> as, as someone told me who regularly works with old carabiners. 
and have a yeah, whole business yeah. of bags out of them. That sounds cool. I've kept, yeah. I, I used to do a lot of that, as people who've listened, make us waffle know, yeah, I used to do a lot of outdoor stuff. But I, I don't know. But I've still got, not all, but most of my old kind of Gore-Tex jackets and yeah, yeah some waterproof trousers as well. And yeah, they they're, Kind of semi-functional, but not very waterproof now. Yeah, you know, a lot of delamination, and but I've kept one of the reasons I've kept them is that kind of I've got this idea of you know maybe having a go at making some bags. Yeah, it's like yeah. I've got I've got a North Face jacket which has got um, oh it must be it's over twenty five years old, but it was kind of uh, ripstop night ripstop outer. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you kind of snag it, it doesn't snag very far. Yeah, and it, it's. Yeah, it's it's just perfect for making a bag out of. Yeah, and it's just, I've I've worked with I work with old jackets too. I like doing that, and a few people have given me given me their jackets, and I've always been telling people like if if you have a jacket with a broken zipper or that you don't have the energy or don't want to repair it, <laughs> give it to me. I'll make something out of it. And also tents, I have a lot of tents. Of like, course, um, yeah, cool. An ex girlfriend of mine after a festival just went around in all the discarded tents and picked up <laughs> what was pretty and then also at the old workshop place someone came to me and was like hi oh, yeah, um body sponsored me a lot of b-grade tents for that course i was doing um i'm not using them now do you want them now i have like a lot of complete b-grade outer tents <laughs> Nice. That I haven't touched yet, um, <laughs> but, but will eventually. They're all green. That's not my favorite color for bags. But... <laughs> great for people are... doing outdoor <laughs> stuff, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. The tents are great as linings, um, as the lining of bags. Of course, yeah. But I've had also had prob- Yeah, I've also had problems recently with with uh, fabric and disintegrating when I was doing it, throwing it like directly where the seam was, it was just ripping apart. That was bad. Yeah. But, but I think that it's okay. That can happen. It wasn't a new fabric that always it, it already had had its life, so it's not that bad when it breaks. Yeah, that's one of the worries. One of the projects I want to do is is integrating Tyvek and leather. Um, but trying to stitch one to the other i'm concerned that the leather will hold and then the tyvek won't once it's once mm. it's stitched in because it's like tyvek's great when it's unbroken but the second you the second you break yeah. it that's when it starts to fall tends apart. To be, um, yeah. tyvek tends to be bonded to things doesn't it rather than yeah. so yeah so I've, I've got to try and it doesn't need to be super tough but it's, it's more just for the fun of it being tyvek but yeah, I'm just yeah. sort of. It's a challenge I've got to figure out at some point. Yeah, as, as we do. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's yeah. somebody made somebody in, a few years ago made Tyvek bags. Jacko's done it, and is it Jacko? Is it? Yeah. Is it? The, Ellen had also, also had some Tyvek in the summer. Yes, Ellen's worked with Tyvek. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a, I think it's becoming a little bit more common now. 
remember but yeah yeah <laughs> it's just it's it's a fun material <laughs> yeah yeah it's also at school i think that might have been the the same fashion show i was talking about one of the themes was origami and they worked with a with a more papery tyvek and they had like really intricate folded folded dresses that were really crazy well that's that's the stuff that i've got i've got uh, a lot of a4 sheets of um yeah of uh, two different thicknesses of Tyvek um, for, for that kind of idea of, of trying to do something you know, like, a, like a billfold wallet type thing, but with a kind of a leather and Tyvek sort of yeah. idea. Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah. I've just started, started sewing a golden bag. That's the golden part is made out of Tinia text, which is um, pineapple yes. leather. And, yes. and we have that. We have that at work. At work, and I always can take cutoffs generally of everything. And so I took the golden cutoff and thought I need to get into making bags again because after the moving of the workshop and all of that, I just yeah. needed something to start off. And I thought a shiny golden bag was the right what, thing to do. That. What's that like to work with? Because that's that's been on my radar for a while. And I haven't got around to picking any samples up yet. I'll bring you a piece of the golden one to make it central, and you can. Um, can. It's it's interesting. Like um, sewing wise, it's like a really thick fabric. Like it's mm -hmm. maybe like two or three millimeters thick. So that's it. It has some some similarity to leather, but not really. And it's, it's, I can't. I yeah, can't I really from... describe it. It's, from what I gather, it's a little bit more like chrome tan leather, a little bit more like the kind of leather you'd find on maybe furniture or clothing rather than yeah, kind of the, the more tough leather I tend to work with. But yeah, because yeah. it, it's um, a couple of vegan friends of mine, I've wanted to make things for them and there's no other really decent, decent vegan leather. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it, there's, there's uh, so the Pinotex one's um, the pineapple based and there's a uh, there's a mushroom based one as well which is uh, another kind of you know plant based version um yeah rather than just the usual pvc stuff that yeah. flakes and delaminates and well, if you have the chance to use a natural product that's always the better the better version but yeah i'll bring you a piece of the golden Okay. Maybe I find wonderful. maybe I find a piece of un um, uncoated one. I think at the at the end of the roll of the golden ones, there was quite a quite a lot without the golden. Um, so you can cool, yeah. it. And it's really interesting because like it's a more like a felt, maybe like with yeah. the, with all the fibers. So, but but it's, mm. it's washable. It's interesting. Like uh, my my colleague made a phone case out of it and they washed it and like the, the golden the golden thing got washed away but the uh, fabric itself was okay mm. it got a bit softer how weird it's cool because yeah. I, I, I suppose yeah, uh, andy and and the listeners who've um not encountered that as a thing it, it, it's it's a it's a completely natural plant-based alternative to leather that's pineapple based 
and it is kind yeah. of like in, interwoven fibers in the same way that the that leather would be, but but all with the with pineapple fibers, um, and it's, it's really really cool technology to to have you know kind of used pineapple scraps to basically make a you know a, a fabric that's tough and hard wearing and you know flexible and they're, they're making clothes and shoes and all sorts of things out of it and stuff yeah, yeah so it's very cool material yeah sounds sounds interesting yeah mm. I, I i do like i sometimes wish i'd done it or had did i wish i'd i wish i'd studied material science sometimes because i've I mean, I ended up going into the kind of sort of materials industry um, before I was a teacher. So I, I kind yeah. of like material and materials and how they behave. For, for me, it's a sort of more fascinating kind of area. I think I guess it links to engineering, but yeah, as I've said before, I'm a bit of a closet engineer. Um, the it's. But just seeing how you know, how different materials can behave and how they can be used is, I think, always a very interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and having yeah. spent a lot of time in the outdoors and yeah, you know, the materials that are available for yeah you know, outdoor kits and certainly how that sort of changed from sort of when I started doing outdoor stuff in the very early nineteen eighties through to kind of yeah the stuff that was available in. The two thousands, yeah, just a variety of material, uh, how much it all improved, and yeah, when you go to kind of outdoor shops now and just sort of see some of the things that are available, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, there's um, also so much of the ultralight. Yes, I, 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 something I with the with the Dyneema and yeah, all of that Dyneema and Spectra and yeah, some of these other ones. Yeah, yeah. it's. Yeah, because yeah, Leo, you, you do quite a bit of cycling, if I'm Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I got really got into the making bags because of the because I got into the cycling community. Yeah. I go, I'm, got, I'm looking at lightweight, lightweight cyclists. So yeah. I think it's weatherproof. Try to get um... lightweight <laughs> than kind of maybe even sort of walkers. I mean, there there are now kind of you know the ultra lightweight backpacking community. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go off with kind of you know, a full set of backpacking kit, but it, it weighs less than you know, six kilos. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you then you kind of go, okay, right. Well, when I used to go backpacking, it was yeah, I'd be lucky if I had <laughs> kind of you know, thirty kilos. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and cyclists. I mean, the way cyclists pursue lightweight is like nothing else mm -hmm. yeah but there's also there's very different um ways like there's there's the road cyclists that want to be just mm. all aerodynamic and the bikes have to be very light like you can always hear the carbon bikes coming because they sound so super different and then they've got their shaved legs and all that like um <laughs> no no uh yeah that's that's that, and then there's the bikepacking community. And I've been um, over the last few years, I've been also watching a lot of videos of people who did like the long distance uh, hiking trails, like the TCT and the AT and the CDT. And there's a lot of the the ultra light backpacking thing. And then I I, I kind of wanted to 
maybe someday do at least a part of the TCT. But then uh-huh. thinking about the equipment, I had already a lot of knowledge about packing lights because of the bikepacking. Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. like um, getting knowledge from, from the one community and from the other and putting those two together. And a lot of the bike people that I'm... Um, like I'm, I belong to two different groups here in Hamburg. The one uh, one is called Nassabschützen. That is a bike punk group with a lot of freak bike stuff. Like where where I welded the first time and like built a tall bike with my old kid bike <laughs> and did nice. all of that. And the other one is a chaos group who all were scouts and they they can't pack light. <laughs> like really they, they have to really pack try for every to eventuality because they they are so used to carrying carrying their their whole body weight on their back um that they <laughs> can't pack light for their life that's so fun and um like the last bikepacking trip i did was in um in 2020 with my then partner who also is one of those and it was really interesting to get him to a point that he could carry all of his stuff on his bike and <laughs> no you no you can't take the you can't take the uh, this backpack no you can't take um like your your um your sheepskin thingy and <laughs> don't take the wooden balls please don't take the wooden balls <laughs> it's also heavy. That was um yeah, it was an experience. And then he destroyed my water water bladder because he was stupid. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used, I used to fall into the kind of yeah, take take every possible thing you might need. Sort of group ceramic yeah. plates, kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty and that's <laughs> Especially for for the cooking, I I don't want to I don't want to go go that minimal. But I've I've perfected it that I can fit a really elaborate cook set into a, like a one liter pot. Nice, nice. Include including spices. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that was like last year. I went to a festival with a few friends, and then I had like I had a full cook set. The others didn't. So you can you can. Cook I didn't have anything food. to cook with it. I didn't have anything to cook with it, but I could have. I could have. <laughs> yeah, that was another planning problem of mine, but that was also due to the group of people that were also the scouts who weren't. It didn't provide enough information for me. We've been doing this for years. You probably know already, and I didn't because I haven't been part of this group for years. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I do. I do miss. I do miss backpacking in, in some respects. I, I mean, I'd love to be able to stick a rucksack on with that amount of kit nowadays, but yeah, that, that, that wouldn't be happening. But and I also quite like the luxury of a bed nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I have said, I've, I think, oh, crikey, would it have been? I'm just getting a few years now. Uh, yeah, not in uh, 2016 
was the last time I slept on the ground. Um, anyway, which is the, which is a year before I had to give up teaching because my back had gone. <laughs> but yeah, that I, I mean that was a that was a trip I'd organised. It was a school trip. It was um, yeah, kids were supervised by the staff on the the, the centre we were at. Yeah, so yeah, the school staff didn't have to actually do that much. I had a team of really good people. I was in charge, and I basically said, right, because we were there for two nights. And I basically said, I'm going to be sleeping at the edge of a field about 200 metres that way outside of the camp. So I haven't got to put up with any snoring or anything like that. And it was just, it was just fabulous. I just literally had, but it was, there was a guy walking his dog at half past five in the morning, kind of, you know, about five, 10 metres past where I was sleeping. It was just like, and I sort of sat up. He was just like, what? And just carried on walking as if he did. <laughs> yeah, I see that every day. Just random dude asleep in a field. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but then I, but then I get I got to see a yeah a, a deer prancing through the the, the wheat oh. field. Yeah, at, at four thirty in the morning when it was light, it was light. Yeah, it was sunrise. It was prancing through. Yeah, I sat up and it was like, hey, what's that? That that that's because <laughs> yeah. it probably only saw my head. <laughs> it probably only saw my head. It was just like, there's a head there. Scamp it on. What is that? <laughs> that I don't recognize that animal. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that here. <laughs> That's new. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think going up, I tended with my kit when I was buying stuff, I tended to go for things that would be very durable, which of course is generally, if it's durable, it's not lightweight. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily. It's a bit like that triangle of kind of if you want to make you can make something good, yeah, good, cheap, cheap and uh, quick. Well, you can't. You can only have two out of the three. Yeah, I think Turkey. It's very sort of similar. You can you can have something that's cheap, durable, and light. But again, you can only have two out two of those three. Yeah. 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 But I also yeah. like things with lots. Yeah, these like things with lots of zips and. <laughs> my wife always joked, but yeah, whenever I buy a jacket, yeah, whenever I buy any sort of workproof jacket, it's like, how many pockets has it got? <laughs> it's like, well, there's this one, and there's, there's this one inside, what? and there's this bottom one here, and then there's this other one on this side. I can't remember what it was called, but there was a there's a whole company whose whose methodology is uh, they, they sell jackets, and their entire methodology is is by the number of pockets and features that these jackets have <laughs> and we're, we're talking in you know like not not your usual you know like oh, it's got an inside pocket it's got two chest pockets it's got two waist pockets Th these have got like there's a separate pocket for your ipad and a separate pocket for your <laughs> phone and a separate pocket with cable trace through to where your phone pocket is for putting a power bank and then you've got like a uh a um temperature stable pocket down at the front for sandwiches and then a water bladder pocket in the back and then th these are like you know kind of 30 or 40 pocket jackets absolutely ridiculous and about 600 pound <laughs> each oh but oh in, insane the number of features that you can pack into just a thing that you wear but it is basically yeah. like a full-on rucksack but is that is just a jacket it's it, 
crazy, crazy things. I'll try and find out what they're what they're called. But yeah, the, the, and the then if you if you get too warm and have to take it off, then it's a problem. <laughs> you just carry in this thing with you. Then it needs it needs to be able to to pack into itself and then become a and become like, the rucksack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it like yeah, a, like a yeah. life motto? Just yeah. become the rucksack. <laughs> yeah. And there's a reason why I mostly wear wear work pants because they have uh -huh. a lot of pockets, or like yeah. the right amount of pockets. But you yes. can always like that. That's just too many. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I may have had issues in the past with kind of, sort of particularly with sort of outer outerwear jackets. Uh, and it's like, I think we weighed one of my jackets once. And it was because I kind of at one point handed it to my wife, I think. And, and I've had the same with other people who've kind of gone, how much stuff have you got in here? And it was just like, it was like, it was, it was seven kilos. Oh, no. <laughs> I just, I just, I just got, I just got, yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got my everyday carry stuff in here, and yeah, there's a pad and pens, and yeah, there might be a knife, and yeah, a variety of stuff. And, yeah, there's a water bottle, and there's glasses, or sunglasses, and that sounds more yeah, like an everyday carry rather yeah. than an everyday carry. <laughs> Imagine what you would do if you had the jacket that was all pocket. <laughs> oh, crocky! It would certainly explain my bad back. Yeah. Well, the shelf behind him would look a lot cleaner, or a lot, a lot more empty. <laughs> I've got fifteen books in here. <laughs> um, yeah, I just noticed you can't see any of my many books. <laughs> They're all <laughs> next to me and there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It sounds, it sounds like a, an opportunity to start thinking about things that are grabbing our attention to us talking about books. Um, That's a good shout. Been, been, been listening to Fools of Tools and practicing my uh, segues. Um, yeah, you, you have to point them out, obviously, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, attention grabs, obviously, is, uh, I mean, yeah, you're familiar with the show. You, you know what we kind of, yeah, it's anything that's been grabbing your attention or is about to grab your attention, whether it's projects, videos, books. Uh, whatever. So, yeah, what's been, what's your attention grabbers at the moment? Yeah, one is, um, I've been listening to a book this week. I've not completely finished it, but I've so far liked it very much. It's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Sivin. And that's, uh, it, uh, it starts somewhere in the mid 90s. And it's a book about friendship and friendship and working together and how friendships change over time, but also very much about gaming and um, producing games. And uh, that's really interesting. Nice. Like, I don't know yet how it ends, but, <laughs> but I really liked it. And then I have another thing. There's yeah. a friend a friend of mine. She's called Melissa. Her um, And she's got a small sticker business. She's a queer feminist artist and she does stickers and um, pins and all of that. Her, nice. um, her handle is Bastel Maitli, which we have to write down because that's this uh, regional um, <laughs> dialect <laughs> word. But I think more than an artist, she's actually a community organizer. And she, for example, did a so-called art event calendar last year and the, before the Christmas time with 
a lot of um, queer artists and they put together like this booklet and they were um, on each page for the for the 24 days of Advent there was like oh, a little cool. artwork and then today mm. um, she organized a thing that was called Crafter Noon and it was basically a craft <laughs> meeting and I, I, oh, I wasn't that. there because I, because my brain said no but I hope it will take place another time and it's basically just a, a, a meeting to sit down and do crafts together and to That's do maybe really things you're not not that motivated not that motivated to do alone because sometimes it's just easier to, mm. to to start a project or to continue a project when there are other people too that also yeah. work on their things. And I think that's really important to point out because she's also just really young now. She's I think she's twenty two or something. She's really young and she does all that work. And that's yeah, that just needed to um, and I think um, she wanted to come to Hanover too in the, in summer, in the summer. Oh, nice. Maybe. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll, I've uh, motivated a few people to come too. Cool. I think I'll, to, to, I'll hopefully be back as well. Yeah. That was so much like, fun. I'm, I'm bringing the, the queer non-male people. <laughs> Good yeah. plan. There definitely needs to be yes. <laughs> much more representation. Yeah. yeah there's far too it many does, people I mean, that look like me and Andy. I mean, Make It Fair Hanover does look... I mean, I, all the Make It Fairs, I, I kind of wish... I mean, we did have a Make It Fair for a while in the UK, up in Newcastle, which is... It, it, it's, it's right at the far end of England. Yeah, it's I've, I've been people. to Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a long way up. Yeah, given, particularly given yeah. the state of our roads. But uh, yeah, just seeing the kind of the, the amazing things at the the maker fairs. Mm. Yeah, Hanover particularly with some of the kind of sort of vehicles. Um, yeah, and some of the kind of yeah, just some of the amazing things. Uh, uh, some of you see on make YouTube channel where they kind of visit. Uh, yeah. Like make a fair Rome and make a fair Hanover and whatever, and they kind of sort of chat to people. It's just like it, it, it's just mind blowing, kind of watching and listening to people. It just kind of it just got so deep into particular little mm. rabbit holes, and you just think, how? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are many things that are rabbit holes, you know, which yeah, you know, sewing or yeah, you know, or whatever, and you kind of think, yeah, I, I can making. see how people get it. Yeah, I can see how people get into that, but then you think, yeah, somebody kind of go, it gets into yeah, making, I can't even think of a great example right now, but yeah, it's something that's just so unique. And you think, how? How There's did you loads discover and loads this? Of like yeah. super niche, super specific yeah. things where you just think, yeah, exactly that kind of like, I'd never have made that connection to do that yeah. with one of those. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, but I it mean, works. <laughs> Roxy Crochet Cephalopod. Which is a very neat <laughs> thing, and they do it so accurately, and like every every kind of like the the very small nautilus, and then the cuttlefish, and the squid, and the octopus, and it's like they're super accurate. I, I actually I got a cuttlefish, a cuttlefish, not a cuttlefish, a cuttlefish. Um, let's see, I got one for for my birthday. 
And then, then shortly after that, I, I bought myself a squid, and now I have a cuttlefish in, a, in that squid. <laughs> the squid is also very accurate. It has everything a squid needs, including a beak. It's soft, but it's a beak. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Really Ro Roxy is another awesome human. We need to get on the podcast yeah. as well. And Roxy had so much. I, I, when I asked them to come with me to Hanover, they had so much imposter syndrome thing because they they didn't see themselves as a as a maker really. But they, they constantly make stuff with their hands. They they constantly. <laughs> why not? <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean, so, again, I mean, it, that was cool. just a testament to how, uh, like utterly welcoming the community was yeah you know the the fact that i mean there was a group of us just sat by that kind of whatever it was the the, the water bit yeah just chatting for ages fountain thing, that fountain thing where people sank of salt yeah <laughs> they, they had this like big massive flotilla thing that was probably three meters in diameter or something like that and then they they managed to sink it, it it's just like a a, a yeah. little kind of patch of water you know as, as a like a fountainy kind of thing but it was it was Wasn't just within the, within the grounds I, and yeah. yeah it was probably i mean i don't know 600 mil deep or something maybe a meter yeah but this this whole flotilla just went to the bottom and then you had this group of people trying to to lift this thing out that it just <laughs> completely got, filled with water. Yeah, that gotten super heavy and they just needed to get, get their floating things <laughs> off to get the water out. That was fun to watch. But yeah, each of us just saw super different things and we all just talked about yeah, we, how we, we cope with people. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've joked before that uh, like that same kind of thing happens at Maker Central as well with people who are feeling socially awkward or imposter syndrome or X, Y, or Z other, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then they all kind of group together on their own, you know, so they all kind of like, oh, I'm going to go and stand and, uh, and get away from people and just be in, in my own space for a moment and then <laughs> realize that they're stood next to four other people doing exactly the same thing and then just start chatting. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. the, I mean, the thing about kind of some of PC people say, you know, when you get introverts together who have common interests, yeah, then they will actually behave in quite extrovert manner. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's just it's how you. I, I quite like the kind of the the sort of definitions of introversion and, and extroversion that actually look at kind of the energy. That you get yeah. and the reasoning mm -hmm. for that energy. How yeah, and where you take pressure off someone. Yeah, it could be it could be simplified to kind of yeah, extroverts get energy from people and introverts get energy not from people. But actually, I think it's it's finding if you find the right people, then it it just is. You know, you go to somewhere like Maker Central, and it's like you just mm -hmm. come back kind of almost buzzing from. Having found your, your your community and yeah. the inspiration for ideas, which yeah. you know you might not have experienced if you kind of just yeah as an introvert, if you went somewhere else, perhaps yeah, 
it's not something you necessarily feed on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. To, okay. Something for the, something for another PhD study. If only there's some psychology PhDs listening to this program, they, yeah, they could actually kind of you know, get some really good ideas for uh, for some case studies. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Jamie, what about you? What's been grabbing your attention this week? Um, lots of really random bits, really. Um, I've managed to pretty much finish my leatherworking bench now, ready for um, well, for use before and then to take with to make a central. Um, one or two little tweaks I need to do and then um, I do all the, the fireproofing for it, flameproofing. Um, but, uh, talking which just to clarify things. for anyone listening and kind of can worry yes. about that kind of what the yeah, flame proofing leather yeah, what, yeah, for yeah. insurance reasons because we're, we're for the NEC to to allow us to bring a bespoke bit of equipment in that isn't on their approved list of stuff that they've bought we have to make sure that as it is a flammable material we have to make it not flammable so yeah, I have to spray some stuff on a wooden bench yeah. to make them allow me to bring it in. Yeah, um, not, not not developing some new form of leatherworking that involves a forge and hammer and anvil type affair. Not yet. Yeah, <laughs> not not this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that and then I've been I've got a bit of a three D printed swirly thing. So I'm making a. I'm going to an event uh, next weekend. Um, so I'm making a, a cane to take with me, like a walking stick thing, um, just like a, a weird funky twisty top. So I'm in like a black and green theme. So I've been uh, to go with my outfit. So I've, been, I've been getting that sorted as well. So lots of little little bits and bobs for me. Um, yeah. Mm. How about you, Andy? What's been grabbing your attention? This week, the thing has been right, my attention has been the lathe. Yes, it has. With the, uh, the help of uh, our good friend uh, Dandles, Dan Tarrant, who's a previous guest, um, I have taken delivery of a lathe and some tools and a sharpening system. Uh, so I spent an afternoon earlier in the week ripping out one of the benches <laughs> in the tinkerage, which, uh, which was challenging because I put it in uh, 10 years ago and I couldn't remember quite how it had gone in and I've built other stuff kind of wall wall storage systems in place above it so it was kind of like uh yeah that was that was that was a challenge I, I thought I was going to have to dismantle the entire wall storage system <laughs> to get the benches out uh partially because I couldn't see because I'd used quite long but thin screws to screw through the kind of frame mm. into the worktop um but because they were very they were quite thin screws with thin quite a thin head and they'd gone in quite deep they were kind of sort of disguised uh kind of against just against the quite rough timber uh mm. so once i'd worked out that actually i had screwed it in from underneath that kind of made it a bit easier um <laughs> but everything was all wedged to get it wedged in because other stuff had been built to the side and above it and it just like mm. at one point to pull one of the bits of worktop out i had to put i literally put two clamps on it to use as handles in order to, to, be able to grab it um nice 
and I spent most of today rebuilding the bench um, at a slightly different height and shorter. Uh, so shorter in height, but shorter in length as well. Uh, mm. So that the lathe, which isn't quite ready yet uh, to use, will be at the right height. So next step is actually take the lathe back off the bench to redo the box work on the wiring behind it. Because uh, I forgot to do that before putting it on. Uh, then take the ba the original base that was on the lathe off. There's a bit of cleaning needed to be doing because it got a bit wet when I was taking it off the pallet, uh, the delivery mm. pallet. Uh, so a little bit of surface rust. So I need to do a bit of cleaning up on it. And then there's no dry days for the next week, according to the forecast. And I can't actually get to it without taking a pile of stuff out. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'll just have to see what the weather does. Changes. <laughs> sat itching uh, to, to get out there yeah pretty much but i've got i've got a couple of busy days ahead of me with other things mm. so i probably wouldn't be able to get out there till wednesday at the earliest anyway so we'll have to see i've got the my old table saw trolley needs to be dismantled and then we built narrower to fit through the gap that i've generated but uh that would be all fun and games, but again, can't do that till I can get everything out, and I can't get everything out if it's warm with rain. Uh, well, I can, but then everything's wet, which obviously is yeah. not helpful. But if you take the things out that you might want to get rid of, then yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? Uh, Leah, where can we? Uh, where can people find you? If um, just changing the topic quickly, where can where can people best find you if they want to find some of the things you've been doing? Oh, I think Leo is currently muted. Leo is currently muted. Yes. I, I think they might have some some technical microphone issues. Ah. <laughs> However, <laughs> Leo can be found uh, on Instagram at Grundfunkel and Funkel Grund, um, both for personal stuff and for all the the maker stuff, which is very very awesome to check out. The, the the nods of approval seem to be uh, <laughs> seem to be good. Ah, oh. Leo, thank you so yeah. so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and a delight. Yeah, it's been to, great to, to meet you, and uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, look forward to catching up with you at some point. And we will very All much right. look forward to seeing you at Maker Central as well. I'm very awesome. <laughs> Right, so smiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for people listening, go go find the YouTube video. You can you can see kind of yeah, Leo waving goodbye when we say goodbye <laughs> in a few seconds. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll hopefully see you next week, folks. And uh, did yeah, bye for Thank now. Have a good week. Bye.